Okay, Bismillah ar-Rahim, na'amaduhu al-musalli ala rasulihil kareem amma ba'd. We express our praise and gratitude to Allah Ta'ala. We seek blessings on the Prophet, peace be upon him. And we are looking at Discourse 8 of Fihi Ma Fihi. And start reading and I'll just interrupt you at random points. Okay. <clears throat> Someone asked what is more excellent than prayer. The answer is, as we have already said, that the soul of prayer is better than prayer, as has been explained. Another answer is that faith is better than prayer, for prayer is obligatory at five specific times a day, whereas faith is uninterrupted. One can be excused from prayer for a valid reason, and it is also allowable to postpone prayer. Faith without prayer merits reward, whereas prayer without faith, such as a prayer of hypocrites, does not. Prayer differs according to religion, but faith does not change by religion. Its states, its focus, and so forth are immutable. There are other differences too. One hears the word in accordance with the degree to which one has been attracted. The hearer of the word is like flour in the hands of a kneader. The word is like water, and the right amount of water must be mixed into the flour. Okay, so uh, a couple of points here. And these are some themes that, that run throughout the, the text. And, and so we've touched on, on, on some of these themes already. But um, first is the idea that in terms of deen and spirituality, there is a hierarchy, right? And so, for example, uh, the zakat, uh, or let's put it like this, uh, you giving someone charity uh, to improve their lives is better than you giving them the same amount of money to make them go away, right? Same action exactly, two different intentions. And one's clearly a better action because the intention is better. And then by extension, <clears throat> there is a hierarchy in terms of actions themselves. And so if I make up my own devotion to a law, that's not going to be as good as Salah, because Salah is a prescribed devotion. And so that's, those are two things that have the same intentions, but they're different actions. And one has a higher value, the one that's prescribed, do it like this. But what about, you know, what is better than Salah? And so that is Iman. Iman is better than Salah, but the way he's, he explains it is, is part of the interesting aspect. That Salah is the form uh, of expressing Iman meaning Salah is how to express Iman in terms of action. Uh, because it's far to then articulate what is Iman, where is Iman. So sure, maybe we might say it's in your heart. Maybe we'd also say it's in your mind or something. And, and Salah is the manifestation of it, which means Iman is the root of Salah which therefore means that Iman is by definition better than Salah. Okay. And, and so Salah can be something that's just mechanical and you still get full reward. Mm -hmm. You're doing it, you're going through the motions. Um, so, uh, but Iman, but Salah without Iman runs the risk of being how he says the prayer of hypocrites. Faith without prayer merits reward, whereas prayer without faith, such as the prayer of hypocrites, does not. Mm -hmm. And that would be, for example, if I am going through all the steps so that you see me pray, that's almost worse than not praying. Okay. 
And people would be cautious against saying that's worse than not praying because then someone else is going to say, well, my intention is not pure, so I better not pray. Mm-hmm. No, you should still pray. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, so then he makes a, a provocative point. He says, prayer differs according to religion, but Iman does not change as you go from religion to religion. And here we'd probably have to actually see the text. Is he referring to religion in the sense of Islam, Christianity, Judaism, Hinduism, Buddhism? Uh, he's probably not referring to that. Okay. He's probably referring to uh, Hanafi, Maliki, Shafi. Okay. And, and someone who's not paying attention would say that the form <clears throat> of all these is the same uh, details, but mm-hmm. uh, the subtleties in, their, in the proofs are actually different in terms of, you know, what is the proper prayer of the Maliki school? What is the proper mm-hmm. prayer of a Hanafi and such? Uh, that's what I suspect, but uh, Allah knows best. Okay. The reason why I, th- I think it's harder to argue that faith does not change by religion, mm-hmm. it's because uh, faith in Islam and faith in Buddhism are two fundamentally different things. Mm-hmm. You know? And yeah. But let's see. And then he says its states, its focus, and so forth are immutable. There are other differences too. One hears the word in accordance with the degree to which one has been attracted. Okay, so now there, <clears throat> this is something else that you and I have, to, have spoken about, that the value of, okay, so we have the shell, we have the container. The shell, mm-hmm. the form is salah, the, the, the contained is, is iman. But the value of it, <clears throat> it comes down to how much value I give it. Now, what do I mean by this? You have someone who is making their daily prayers, mm-hmm. and let's say they get an A grade by Allah Taala for all their prayers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now let's talk about people with different intentions. There's one person who's doing because it it's fard, mm-hmm. okay, pass, you know, high pass, and then there's someone doing it because they can't not. Okay. Meaning they just feel compelled, fard or not, mm-hmm. they have to pray. Which one do you think is better? Uh, the person who says they just have to pray, is it just like a, they're just drawn to prayer? Is that? Yes. Yeah. I and, guess the person feels drawn is better. Yeah, that's sort of the point we're making here. Okay. <clears throat> and the bigger point being that, I mean, inshallah, they're both good. So it's yeah. not like either or. Mm-hmm. But the idea being that the person who's drawn to prayer, actually they're drawn to Allah. Mm-hmm. And, and so this is the way for them to get as close to Allah as they can. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. But the first person who's doing it just because it's mandatory, they're not going to be uh, withheld of any of their benefit, mm-hmm. their benefit in the Akhirah and the benefit of the dunya. But the other person, the second person who's just drawn to it, they're drawn to Allah. And so whatever way they can get closer to Allah, that's what they take. Okay. That is a level to aspire to. Okay. In concept, it's cool concept, but in putting it into practice, is a little bit different. Yeah. Because <clears throat> that second person is drawn. That's akin to what we talk about when you have love for a beloved. Mm-hmm. That you, if you love a beloved, then you just want to spend time with them, mm-hmm. and you wish you could sneak out of work, sneak out of class to spend mm-hmm. time with them. So this would be the person who's sneaking out of class to have two minutes with Allah Taala, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. they're sneaking out of work or they're like you know they're hanging out with a bunch of friends hold on a second and then it's whereas one person gets on the phone to talk to their beloved you know and almost get like a recharge this person 
is like, all right, five minutes, I'm going to go pray and be with Allah. And so that's basically what we're being told, that the value of it is how much do you want it. All right, let's continue. Um, my eye looks at another. What am I to do? Make your complaint of yourself, for you are the light of my eye. Okay. Yeah, why don't you read the prose part too? My eye looks at another. It means that it searches for a focus of satisfaction other than you. What am I to do? You are the light. It means that you are with yourself. You have not escaped from yourself since your light would be a hundred thousand use. Okay. So again, to put this into simple language, <clears throat> just why, like we said that, okay, First, we said Salah is the manifestation of Iman. Mm -hmm. uh, but then deeper, or the, the physical action of Iman. But deeper, different than that, <clears throat> the one who's driven by love for Allah, Salah is like, okay, this door is open for me to go spend time with Allah. Yeah. And then that's what I'm going to do. Okay. But if your heart is somewhere else, then you're probably just going to pray because you have to your heart is looking some other direction and so instead you're going to turn to Allah because you have to and you're going to pray to Allah okay, can you bring me closer to them because mm -hmm. no. your eyes are looking somewhere else mm -hmm. that's not wrong because you're not worshipping anyone else mm -hmm. it's just that the goal is rather than look at that other person as your beloved to shift to be able to make Allah your primary beloved okay. if a person can do that everything else in life literally begins to fall into place. Okay. So long as you have a different beloved, you're still going to have struggles and joys and everything, but sometimes you're going to have a push-pull in terms of motivation to do things and such. Okay. So if my eye is looking at someone else, the complaint is against yourself. Mm -hmm. And, and so, again, the lifelong goal is to make Allah your, your aspired beloved. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, again, that's ultra easy in concept. Yeah. But that's what to work towards. All right, let's continue. There once was a man as puny, weak, and contemptible as a wretched little bird. Even the ill-favored looked up looked upon him with contempt and thanked God they were not so ugly, though they, though before seeing him, they had complained of their own ill-favored faces. If this were not enough, he was also rough-spoken and an enormous braggart. A member of the king's court, he constantly vexed the vizier, who exercised forbearance, until one day he lost his temper and shouted, O men of court, we picked this nobody from the gutter and educated him. Thanks to our own wealth and bounty and that of our ancestors, he became a somebody. Now he has come to the point of speaking thus to me. Okay, so before jumping in further, so just picture it. This is a guy who, who he stakes in every single aspect. You know, he's difficult to look at. Like literally insane. The, the even the ill-favored looked upon him with contempt and they were contempt and they were thankful that they're not as ugly as this guy. Okay. So this guy is the lowest of the low, but then on top of that, he's the most arrogant of the arrogant. So I think of every quality you can think of this person is all the bad versions of everything. Yeah. And, and then on top of that, the, uh, you know, 
there were people who put an effort to to civilize this person and he's just abrasive so all right continue the fellow stood up to the vizier and said, men of court to grandees of the realm, what he says is true. I was elevated by his favor and nourished from the crumbs of his and his ancestors' tables. Therefore, I am as wretched and contemptible as you see me now. Had I been brought up by someone else, my standing and worth might have been more than they are now. He raised me from the dust, and for that reason I say, would to God I were dust. Had someone else raised me from the dust, I would not have been such a laughingstock. Okay, so so what's his argument? What would you say? What's his response? Um, so like the vizier is saying, you know, everyone look at this guy. I put my all into this person, and look at what they're what look at what he's like. I guess he's saying that the the support of the vizier is is nothing. Well, I mean, essentially, he's saying that. Yeah, the vizier is saying everything he's saying about me is true. Yeah. But I'm a product of what he was raised. Someone else raised me, I might have actually been different. Mm -hmm. So this is the question of, you know, you got the student and the teacher. Uh, or the parent and the child. Mm -hmm. And to some degree, the child is the product of the parent. The child mm -hmm. reflects the parent. Or to some degree, the student represents the teacher. Mm. All right, continue. A disciple who is cared for by a man of God will have purity in his soul. Anyone educated and taught by an imposter or a hypocrite will be as miserable, weak, impotent, sorry, hesitant, and confused as the one who taught him. As to those who believe not, their patrons are talhut. They shall lead them from the light into the darkness. So, so taking this metaphor uh, and connecting with this previous story, what are we saying here? That the student is not going to be able to get more pure mm -hmm. than what the teacher is. Okay. There's always exceptions, right? Mm -hmm. And so an exception in the Quran is that Ibrahim alayhi salam, uh, his father is Azar, who's, mm -hmm. who's a hardcore idol worshiper. Mm -hmm. And then from Azar comes, comes one of the greatest of all people. Mm -hmm. Right, and so that can happen. But generally speaking, uh, the student will inherit the hal mm -hmm. of the teacher. And so, if the teacher is is a hypocrite, is miserable, is weak, mm -hmm. is impotent, the student will embrace it. Will will manifest that. Mm -hmm. So, what we're kind of saying is that the student is a manifestation of the inward state of the teacher. Okay. So the vizier in this story is someone who's super noble and you can imagine him mm -hmm. with, with wonderful clothing and everything. Mm -hmm. But the person he's trained is this person contemptible. Mm -hmm. That's what's actually the heart okay. of, the, of, the, of the vizier. Okay. And so as a metaphor, uh, our child is mm -hmm. uh, a manifestation of the real people that we are versus the people we think we are so your child will i mean you might have 10 kids but uh you know but your 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 one child or your 10 children will be manifestations of the real you okay more related to where you are at that point in life and i might have uh, given the story this funny story i won't mention who they're talking about but 
there's this one family where it's like three kids. First kid grows up to be a highly respected Islamic scholar. Second one, not a scholar, but still very religious. Third one, eh. And the mother says, when uh, the first child was born, I did 0% sins, guna. I mean, she's DSC, she'd use the word guna. Uh, when the second child was born, I was doing 50%. And the third child was born, I was doing 100%. You know? So, so the DSC parents are masters at, you know, anyway, anyway, right. With <laughs> this, <laughs> like your expression, anyway. Continue with uh, all knowledge. All knowledge is originally needed into Adam so that hidden things might show forth through his spirit, just as clear water reveals the stones and clay beneath, as well as reflecting on its surface what is above. This is in the nature of water. It requires no special treatment or training to do so. However, when it's mixed with dirt or other discolorations, it loses that quality. It forgets how God has sent prophets and saints like great clear waters in order that the dark and murky waters touched by the clear waters might free themselves of their coincidental murkiness and discoloration. The murky water then remembers. When it sees itself clear, it realizes that it was originally clear and that its murkiness and discoloration are coincidental. It recalls how it was before the advent of these coincidentals and says, this is what we were formerly sustained by. Prophets and saints, therefore, are reminders of one's past condition. They do not put anything new into one's substance. Now every murky water that recognizes that great water and says, I am from and of this, mingles with it. But murky waters do not that do not recognize that, wa that water and think they are different or of another type withdraws so into their murkiness and discoloration that they are unable to mingle in with the sea. They never become more estranged from the sea. Okay, so yeah, so so again to try to put this into simple language. <laughs> so all knowledge was originally needed into Adam. So the hidden things might show forth through his spirit just as clear water reveals the stones and clays beneath, as well as reflecting on its surface what is above. So so from a spiritual perspective, so okay, from a physical perspective, Adam Islam is the first person, the first man, mm -hmm. right? From a spiritual perspective, he contains everything in him of creation. Okay. Yeah. And so all the children represent him, okay. a piece of him. And so, so here then we get into this metaphor or the nature of water. Number one, water by its nature is actually pure. That's the default of mm -hmm. water. Okay. And, and so it requires nothing special. It is sort of living fitra. Okay. Okay. But if it gets mixed with dirt or discoloration, mm -hmm. yeah, then it sort of forgets that it is or it was pure water. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so this is our experience. We're born on fitra. Mm -hmm. But as you're being raised, you begin to forget your fitra. And then you begin to think your natural state is whatever it is you are. Okay. Okay, which includes, you know, whatever wrong things a person might be doing or, or wrong cravings mm -hmm. and such. Okay. And so, so the prophets, peace be upon them, are sent as living fitra. To help remind people, this is what you are or used to be. This is what you mm -hmm. can be. 
In the case of the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, was at multiple levels. One, he's completely pure. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, he's calling people back to their original religion, mm-hmm. which was the religion of Ibrahim al-Islam, right, who originally built the Kaaba. Mm-hmm. And so it's multiple levels of calling people back to their innate purity. Mm-hmm. And then let's see what else. Uh, yeah, and so some people hear the analogy is the murky water then remembers mm-hmm. and when it sees itself clear it remembers that it was originally clear and so how do you remember this because you derive pleasure in being upright okay there is a clean feeling of mm-hmm. being upright and there's a filthy feeling mm-hmm. of, of being whatever the opposite is mm-hmm. uh, of upright of being corrupt. when you're deep into corruption yeah. you don't think about it mm-hmm. But when you get a taste of being upright, you remember how, you know, how good that feels. Yeah. And some people will then pursue it. Others mm-hmm. will, will not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so everyone will recognize it at some point. But not everyone will, will embrace it. So some people, when they get a taste of being upright, they'll even turn further away. All right, and so that's this poem, those who recognize their common bond are bound together. So those who recognize being upright and appreciate it and pursue it, then they're going to develop kindred spirits and other people who are the same. Those who recognize their common bond but deny it will find pleasure in splitting and separation and exclusiveness and all that stuff by causing destruction. And one of the essences of destruction is separation of everybody. Okay. All right, uh, much more to have. Yeah, let's finish this, uh, this okay. question, Shaw. Hence it is said, now hath an apostle come unto you of yourselves. That is to say, the great water is of the same type as a small water. They share the same soul and the same substance. When the small one does not recognize the great as being of the same soul, the non-recognition stems not from the water itself, but from its evil adherent, which casts its reflection over the water so that the water does not know whether its flight from the great water and the sea comes from itself or from the reflection of its evil adherent. So closely are the two mixed together. In a like manner, humble clay does not know whether its inclination to mud comes from its own self or from some other cause that has been admixed to its nature. Realize then that every line, every report, and every verse brought as proof by the prophets and saints are like two witnesses and their two testimonies, capable of acting as witness to many different cases, they testify in every regard according to the matter at hand. For instance, the same two persons may be witnessing witnesses to the disposition of a house, the sale of a shop, and to a marriage. In whichever case they are present, they confine their testimony to that to the case at hand. The form of the witnessing is always the same, but the substance is different. May God be beneficent to us and you. The color is that of blood, but the odor is that of musk. Okay, so again, to put this in simple language, <clears throat> so you notice uh, the nature of water. Mm-hmm. Is, is that it clings, mm-hmm. right? And the first thing it clings to, it clings to itself. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and so it's as though saying that uh, they share the same soul, they share the same mm-hmm. substance. And, and so this is the prophet of mm-hmm. every generation mm-hmm. coming to their own people. Mm-hmm. And, and in their uprightness, mm-hmm. the people should feel a default attraction to their mm-hmm. prophet. 
And so Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, everyone mm -hmm. should feel a default attraction to him. Mm -hmm. so, uh, it says, when the small one does not recognize the great as being of the same soul, the non-recognition stems not from the water itself, but from its evil adherent. Mm -hmm. So if I have too much evil in me, mm -hmm. I'm not going to find... Uh, attraction to the prophet peace be mm -hmm. upon him and i might i might even find repulsion okay. and so it says which casts its reflection over the water so that the water does not know whether it's flight from the great water and the sea comes from itself or from the reflection of its evil adherence so closely are the two mixed together so mm -hmm. yeah there's a person who can be so mixed of evil and wrong mm -hmm. they don't know which way to go they don't know and what that means is they're being attracted to anything and everything. Mm -hmm. sure. And so then we have the next example, moving from water to clay. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> clay is naturally attracted to, to, to mud, mm -hmm. right? Clay is naturally clingy. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so the healthy clay, healthy wet mud is going to be attracted and easily mixed with healthy, healthy wet mud. Mm -hmm. If, however, it has too many contaminants, you know, especially like in modern times, mm -hmm. this is, I mean, that book's 800 years old, but in modern times, then the clay will disintegrate. Mm -hmm. okay. Now go in the evolution from water to mud to human, mm -hmm. the same thing. That, number one, you will be attracted to those whom you are like. Mm -hmm. uh, but the more pure you are, the more attracted you will be to the pure and the more pure you are, the more you will be attracted to the most pure, mm -hmm. which would be the awliya. Mm -hmm. And then more than that, the prophet himself, peace be upon him. Okay. And so it's this internal visceral attraction. Mm -hmm. Now, the thing to be cautious about is that <clears throat> there might be a person in front of you who, in terms of their outward, mm -hmm. seems super pious. Yeah. And you're attracted to that person, but that's more because of the corruption inside yourself. Okay. And so that's that's the risk uh, that, that we have. And so when we're talking about two witnesses, <clears throat> here the idea is you must look at with both of your eyes, okay. your inner eye and your mm -hmm. external eye. Okay. So the jal only has the external eye. Mm -hmm. And you want to use both, which is sort of, uh, you find spiritual attraction in terms of what this person is saying or doing, mm -hmm. but your other eyes keeping you on guard mm -hmm. to make sure you're not going uh, the wrong direction. Okay, makes sense? Yeah, makes sense. Okay, okay uh, let's stop here. And then next time we'll do discourse number nine, Shal. Good, inshallah. Right, any other questions or thoughts about any of this? Um, not about this, but I did have a question. Right, stop the recording. Uh, Subhanakallahumma bihamdika nashadu illa ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk.